You are listening to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, episode 70. Welcome to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, where we bring you engaging conversations about wildlife conservation from all across the globe. I'm your host, Matt Podolsky. Today in the show, we are featuring a conversation with Alex Oliveira from the Center for Biological Diversity. Alex has been doing research on several of the government programs associated with the conservation of the vaquita in the northern Gulf of California, and he has uncovered some disturbing information. The primary focus of Alex's recent investigations has been the government compensation program associated with the ban on the use of gillnets within the range of the vaquita. This program was supposedly designed to fairly compensate fishermen who are now unable to fish because of the regional ban on gillnet use. Alex has found numerous signs of corruption within this program, leading to many questions about the Mexican government's true intentions. This interview was conducted by Wildlands producer Sean Bogle in Ensenada, Mexico. Both Sean and Alex traveled to Ensenada last week to attend the seventh annual meeting of the International Committee for the Recovery of the Vaquita, where Alex presented his findings to the world's top vaquita experts. Let's jump into the conversation. I am Alejandro Oliveira, Mexico's representative for the Center uh, for Biological Diversity. Uh, we, are in, uh, we are here attending the CIRVA meeting because we are providing some uh, new information that uh, some of the CIRVA members uh, don't have. So this is because we have been uh, researching and we have uh, digging and going into the details of uh, several strategies announced uh, by the Mexican government. For example, uh, we have been doing some research about the surveillance, about the drones that the Profepa uh, uh, Mexican agency will use, and about the compensation program, how this, all this money is being uh, distributed uh, along all the, the fishermen. So, so it, it, as far as your role, is, um, tell, tell me a little bit about um, the Center for Biological Diversity. What exactly is that agency? What do they do exactly? Well, the Center for Biological Diversity, we are a non-profit, an NGO. We are many in the U.S. and we are also in, in Mexico. And our job is to advocate for wildlife and its habitats using, uh, of course, science-based, uh, using the legislation uh, to save the, these, uh, these creatures in, in nature and, the, and their habitats. And in Mexico, we have been uh, advocating for the vaquita, not only in, legal, in the legal size, uh, side, but also uh, going through the media and exposing what uh, really is going on uh, all around all the Mexico's uh, government strategies. What, what have you come up with that you're able to contribute now to this new effort to save the vaquita? Yeah, we have found some uh, failures in the Mexican strategy, Mexican uh, government strategy to, to say the vaquita. Uh, for example, we found out that uh, Semarnat approved a uh, permit to fish 28 species in the upper Gulf 
in, uh, using uh, fishing gear that uh, could affect the, the, the vaquita. No? Those kind of things we are uh, always tracking all Semarnats, all Profepa, Navy, and other Mexican agencies. I were tracking or digging into their actions. So that's what, uh, also regarding the surveillance, for example, sometimes uh, the agencies said uh, they will use, uh, well, they, uh, they say they will use uh, drones to surveillance the, the upper goals, uh, but uh, when we uh, requested uh, this information to the Freedom of Information Act, we uh, discovered that uh, the Navy is really, they are not uh, really using any drones, they don't own any drone to surveillance the, the upper gulf, as they, as they said. And also uh, Profepa, they didn't bought any drones. They just they received uh, three drones as a donation. And we're talking about these uh, um, really amateur uh, drones. They, uh, they are not uh, being used, actually. And also regarding the, this big compensation, uh, compensation program, uh, we found out that uh, it's, uh, it is being distributed in an unequal way uh, because uh, like uh, 30 people, we have a total of uh, 2,700 and only 30 people are getting around like 42% of all the, all the money. So the, the, the money is being concentrated in just a, a small amount of uh, people and this is... Uh, because they hold a lot of permits. So uh, scientists in Silva uh, didn't uh, know this kind of uh, information, so it is our job to, to, provide, uh, to provide this so they can uh, take uh, better decisions and uh, state better recommendations to the Mexican government. Okay, so let's back up just a little bit. So specifically, the, the Mexican government, including Pacquiao, um, they said they made several statements that they were going to be, you know, that they're going to use enforcement, the Navy and the Army, and in addition, and of course, I've been there, I've also heard that they were going to use drugs. Um, and you're telling me that the drones that they have um, are amateur drones. Can you tell me exactly how you were able to obtain that information? And when you say amateur drones, what exactly does that mean? Is it we're talking military grade? Or are we talking uh, more of a commercial hobbyist type of drone? All the information we have, uh, it's uh, official because we requested it through uh, the Freedom of Information Act. So it is, uh, those are uh, documents from the Mexican government. So that's how we found out when we requested uh, the bills uh, for the drones, Profepa answered that uh, they don't have any bills because the drones were donated. And they sent us the, the model and the, the brand of the, of the drones. And uh, if you look at this, you can uh, know that uh, the drones are uh, the ones uh, that you can buy on any website and we were talking about uh, really amateur uh, drones these, some, these drones that they don't have more than uh, they, they cannot fly uh, more than 15 or 20 minutes and their range is very uh, restricted so essentially this is something that a teenager would be using exactly, uh, even a, a teenager could be use this kind of uh, drones but uh, if you read a press, the press release 
from Semarnat and Profepa, you can interpret that they, they will use these uh, high-tech uh, drones. And can you remind our audience, in case they still know they're not going to know this, but can you tell me exactly who Profepa and Semarnat are? Like, what, what, what role do they play? Well, uh, Semarnat is the Ministry of uh, Environment, and below Semarnat, uh, is, there is another agency, agency named Profepa. In Profepa, uh, they, it is an uh, enforcement uh, agency uh, related to all uh, environmental uh, felonies. Tell me, why do you think the government actually would make a statement saying they were going to use drones to kind of uh, pre- present that they were going to do everything that they can, and then these, fu- these findings that you have right now are completely ludicrous and do not match yeah. up with a, a strong statement like that? Why would they say something like that? Yeah, well, we always, uh, we don't, we usually don't believe what the government says, so we have to make a really good uh, research about what's going on. So because this is not the first time that the government uh, lies, even on a, on a press release. So that's, uh, that's uh, part of our job, I mean, to, to find out what's really going on and what, what they want to, what they really say and, and what the kind of, uh, of drones they are uh, buying in this case. And when you say we, who are you referring to? Uh, we, the center. I mean, center yeah, the center for biological diversity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, moving on past that, when uh, do you think that whenever you know this, these new findings of the compensation program, uh, you know, uh, the fact that we've been collecting our own evidence by through interviews, um, we've seen we, we we've seen and understood what you found to be true, but you actually found the evidence that everything we've been hearing is true. I just wanted to know, when, when they're developing this program, like they're having to build this competition program uh-huh. because they know that okay. they're bad fishing. So are they anticipating something like this? And is there somebody watching this every step of the way? Because this is, I'm assuming, this is, is this taxpayer money? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, we're talking about taxpayers' money. And uh, there are different uh, agencies in the government. So when the compens- compensation program started, it was uh, under the uh, Ministry of Development. So because it was like an aid for, uh, for the fishermen, like a social uh, aid uh, for them. So our thoughts are uh, it's that uh, another, the, the other uh, agency in the government, like Semarnat, didn't know about all the details of uh, this, uh, this compensation program. So. It's easy to think that well, we are getting, we have this amount of money, and uh, we are paying uh, to the fishermen uh, for not to fish, and and that's it. That that's the when the the before they stop, and it's all on the hands of uh, other uh, agency. So nobody goes into the into the, really goes into the details how the money is being distributed and how uh, how are these uh, lists are being made. I mean, who is not on the list? Who is really in the list? Who depends on who relies really on the fisheries? Uh, how many? Uh, how much money really this person uh, deserves? How many fishery uh, fishing permits they 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 have? So they just. Uh, have these uh, basic ideas of how to distribute the money, and they they just uh, do it. So it sounds like it's not a it's not a well thought out exactly. plan. It's, it's it's almost like they started and they didn't finish the process. Exactly, it, it is not a well thought uh, plan. So that's why. 
Okay, so let's talk specifics now. So on this list of people that are supposed to be receiving compensation, how many individuals are supposed to be receiving compensation during this Gilnet ban? There is a total of uh, 2,700 uh, people on the list that uh, they are receiving uh, money because they depend directly on the fishery because they, they do all related uh, all fishing activities and there is also people that uh, relate on the on the industry so depend indirectly in the from the fishery industry so we have uh, different amounts that they, in the lower uh, chain, they, they are receiving, there are people that are receiving like 4,000 pesos per month, per month per monthly. Month. And uh, we have people, uh, person, there's a person that uh, it's being paid uh, more than a million pesos a month. And what kind of person would this be? Is this your average fisherman or? Uh, no, this, these persons uh, are. Uh, Mainly the head of a, a big fish, a fisherman a cooperative or big fisherman uh, union, so they hold several permits, and if you and so they get paid for each permit they have, so that's why they they have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, income. So the question here is how how did they get so many uh, permits in the in the in the past years Just for one person? Is this, I mean, is that appropriate? It seems like a giant red flag when you tell me that one person is getting a million pesos. It seems like oh, that would, somebody would look into that. Is that not? Well, that's, that's not appropriate, of course. That is, uh, uh, that's unfair for, for everybody. I mean, only a few people are concentrating almost half of the money that uh, the government is being invested. Uh, so that's totally unfair. Huh? So, okay, let me ask you this. So 2,700, is that, how many of the 2,700 are actually receiving payment? Are all 2,700? Yeah, I mean, all, all the 2,700 uh, persons are receiving this, uh, this payment. The total uh, estimation of people who depend on the fisheries, it's really unknown. I mean, the government uh, doesn't have this information, could be more than the, this 2,700, could be less. So, so there is so many people on the list that uh, the fishermen uh, leaders, they raise people and then they add people each month. So this list is also, it, it keeps changing uh, month, per, month per month. So this makes things uh, like really complicated because there's a lot of people and there's a lot of money and uh, everybody wants a, a big part of the cake. So, you know, while we've been interviewing fishermen around um, the Upper Gulf, um, there have been several individuals that, that haven't been paid anything. So these people are not on that list. But you say that the government is unaware of how many people, but surely these, these unpaid fishermen have contacted them saying, hey, I'm a fisherman, I haven't been paid. So what is, something's being lost here. What's happening there? Yeah, because the fishermen leaders are doing this, the, the list. So they have the power to erase and to add more, more people. So a lot of people uh, that is involved with the fisheries are not, are not getting money. And there are people that are in on the list that they don't even, they don't, they don't fish. So that's uh, unfair. Okay, so let me ask this. We're just going to cut to the chase. Is, this sounds like, is it a level of corruption? 
happening here as far as so much money is being issued to individuals that is questionable and, and this money that's allotted for actual fishermen that are not allowed to fish, many of them are just completely invisible and receive no payment. Like, what is that? To me, if, if, if there is a disconnect and somebody's making that much money and somebody's making absolutely nothing, that to me screams corruption on some level and not just a mistake. Uh, yeah, of course, could be. Everyone knows that there's corruption, uh, of course, in the in the upper Gulf, and with that amount of uh, money, so it's really easy to for this to 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 happen. I mean, I'm receiving million pesos uh, a month, so you can do a lot of things with <laughs> with that kind of uh, money, of course, and uh, also because it it lacks of it's a process that uh, lacks of uh, transparency because. Once the money, it's uh, it is uh, once the money, it is on the fishermen uh, account. So we don't know exactly if they distribute the money well. So we don't know how they got the, their their fishing permits, uh, why they have a lot of uh, permits, uh, who are uh, representing, if they are either if they have relatives on the list or not. So. This, because there's a lot of money and there's a lot of people, this, this is happening. <laughs> so it's a possibility that they're just, they're, they're not only adding additional members in their family that maybe don't fish, um, including their children and possibly even people that are deceased. They're just placeholders to receive money and nobody questions it, is what it sounds like. Yeah, not, and nobody's, nobody's digging uh, name for name, I mean. <laughs> Who's going to, to look uh, all the 2,700 people? Well, are you? Is that, are you, you going to look? Is there going to be? Yeah, we are in CBD. We're, we're looking uh, for the people that uh, they are getting the most of the of the money. We're doing some research uh, regarding that, but uh, I, I think it's possible to, to do some research on 2,700 people. But uh, we're doing it at the people that who's receiving a lot of money. Okay, and let's let's break down these numbers real quick. So you said um, your, in your initial statement that there were 32 people receiving 42% of 32 million pesos. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so just so that people um, uh, can understand, how much is 32 million pesos in dollars? Like, what is the rough estimate of what that would equate? Yeah, we're talking about millions of dollars a yearly, of course. Okay. And uh, it, I mean, receiving a, a million pesos, it's, it's unbelievable. That's a lot of uh, money, so you can easily buy a, a several uh, apartments with that in, in, in that region, of course, or a house or, or a car each month and easily. And when you say that, okay, obviously we've established that's a lot of money and 32 individuals. I just want people to understand there's 2,700 people and there's 32 of those 2,700 people receiving 42%, which is just below 50%, just below half of the 32 million pesos. Exactly. Like, don't want to confuse people with all those, those numbers, but essentially there is a large group of people getting most of that money, and 
and there's still people that have received fishermen that have not received a dime. Exactly, that's totally unfair. That's, that's what's going on, and, uh, and no one uh, knew this information. They had the idea because they heard, but uh, nobody took the time to, to dig into this and, and to have this, uh, this, this list. And also, they, most of the fishermen also receive another aids. Like they, they, they also uh, receive, they have a cheaper diesel, access to cheaper diesel to, to, their, to their boats. So they, 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 they are saving a lot of, uh, a lot of money. No? And apparently they, they want to continue doing this because also it's, it's uh, the government uh, fault because they, they have been doing, uh, they have been uh, giving a lot of uh, compensations uh, during the last, the past years, not only this, uh, since this uh, last fund uh, started, but uh, there were other, comp- there has been a lot uh, more compensation programs in the past, so that's the way they, a lot of people have been uh, surviving, and now they are very used to to getting some uh, a lot of money from the from the government, and, and of course they want to to maintain the status quo of the, of the situation because that that's a it's a better way that they will get uh, benefits. You know, I'm really interested in. And the people that are receiving this this large sum of money, um, and obviously they might have two different reasons uh, to make this decision, but I, I would be really interested to find out how many people that are receiving this large sum of money are still illegally fishing for Tetuaba because they can make even more money. For instance, looking at some of those arrest records and seeing those people, if they're on that list, where they're receiving money and why they made that decision. People that are not receiving money because, and although they should, although, well, I can understand why they would feel pressure to go fish illegally because they have nothing and then they're not being compensated. So, although we know that's still a choice of theirs and that's a legal activity, one person is more desperate, the other one is greedy. And I don't know, is that something that you're going going to look into as far as comparing those arrests with the available? Yeah, and actually, there's people that uh, they have been caught, uh, like as postures, uh I mean, with Totoba bladders, and they are on the list. They are receiving the, they are on the compens- compensation program. For example, the, the when the this incident was in uh, Golfo de Santa Clara with a policeman between a, a policeman and a, and a fisherman. The, the double shooting. Yeah, yeah. The, there were two members of that family that uh, that uh, they are were on the list. Or they are they are in the list because they, he, uh-huh. was, he was shot and killed by the police officer, uh-huh. and the police officer was also Ex- shot and killed. Uh-huh. Exactly. So we have uh, poachers on the list. Exactly. Even though they are receiving this money, they go out uh, to fish illegally. It seems like there's there's no sense of um, I don't know. These communities are so small. I mean, you feel that when you go there. Um, and I guess you would think in a small community you have a, a greater deal of camaraderie, but it doesn't feel like that when people are just taking money from the guys that they're, they've been in the same town with the whole time, the same people that they fish around the whole time, but they want to take it all. They don't want to share the wealth. Actually, it's not even share. They don't want to share what is owed to those fishermen. I find that really mind-blowing. 
that it would be like that. And it seems to me, if you live in such a small community, that everybody would know who it was that would be doing this and why nothing's being done about it. Because it's obvious, everybody knows everybody. And when you know, oh well, you got a new truck this, uh, this month, you got a new house. Is it, again, that's just another indicator. And so, it, can nothing be done about this? You know, these these, these, these co-op leaders, can they not represent the entire group instead of this favoritism towards some? What's that dynamic? What's happening there? Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a small community, and every everybody knows what the what the other person is is doing. But uh, I think uh, this has scaled to a higher level because once uh, organized crime is involved, so it becomes risky to tell on your neighbor, to tell on your friend, and to tell on your even your relative. So that's why a lot of people they they don't even as you as you know they don't they don't even want to talk in front of the camera because they are afraid of uh, of, of telling what's what's going on. So so it's, it, this this has become uh, this is now a, a a risky a risky business for for them, and uh, they just want to stay there and and it's sad because they want to stay there and 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 be afraid. Of what could happen, but uh, they are afraid. But uh, they don't, so they don't, they don't tell. So even though I say it's a small community, it's it's uh, it's kind of uh, sad that uh, this is happening. Well, I have to ask though, what you know, if I've had so many people um, decline going on camera, even even doing any kind of audio recording, I'm you know, wh why are you doing this? Um, because you covered a lot of valuable information that definitely yeah. could lead to some opening up some doors, but you know, explain to me like why you're doing this now. Ah, uh, because there's a lot of uh, we are doing this because there's a lot of uh, well, because because we want to say the the vaquita and we we are not afraid of uh, saying what's uh, going on and and we are not afraid of revealing uh, some official documents. And how the money is being distributed, and how and talking about the the failures in the in the surveillance. So so that is why, and we want to say the, the vaquita, and uh, we will do whatever is necessary. And we have if we have the information, of course, uh, we will make it uh, public. So um, I want to jump to. Uh, I mean, I, that's great. I commend you. I, I realize that I, I feel like you're going out on a limb, especially when I talk to the people that are afraid. Mm -hmm. I, I see it in their face and mm -hmm. they, they shy away. Um, but when you delivered this news to Serva um, and this meeting that, that we're at, the reaction, I mean, what was that reaction? I mean, it, 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 these people have been in, embedded in this issue for a long time and I'm actually quite amazed that they didn't already know this information. So, one, what was that reaction? And two, how do you think this information is going to affect um, their effort and their report, especially when they have to make recommendations to um, the environmental minister, Bakiyama? Yeah, honestly, I was very surprised of the reaction of everybody. Everybody was uh, shocked and, and impressed when we shared this uh, information. And uh, I had some comments uh, with, uh, after the, the meeting that... Uh, uh, that uh, thinking that they were thanking me uh, because they they 
I've made the, their afternoon uh, depressed. So, <laughs> so it, 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 it could, uh, we could feel like a, a, in, the, in the group like a very sad uh, feeling because this was, this, uh, was happening. So everybody had an idea that like, somebody was getting more money than others but uh, nobody knew about the, the exactly how ma how much money is uh, they it's being paid. Uh, so, I, but uh, I think this is useful. Everybody should know about this, and I think this is this will be useful for Silva, maybe to make a, a recommendation to the Mexican government on the on the report that they are uh, preparing. So this this has to be taken into account to further uh, to develop further compensation programs, and uh, and the government should really uh, give a compensation to fishermen committed to try a uh, vaquita safe uh, fishing year. So they have to change the way uh, the money is being uh, distributed. Not because you hold a lot of permits you should be receiving a lot of money. So what is your recommendation to kind of redefine exactly how this composition pro program operates? Because obviously we're going to be looking at certain aspects of it from this standpoint. Mm -hmm. You would be one of the best people to make that recommendation. Yeah, of course the recommendation would be if the fisherman is committed and willing to try and has a, a fishing permit with a vaquita safe uh, fishing gears, they could be uh, compensated, but uh, just as a temporary measure, as a rent-out strategy, but uh, not for a, a long term. Even though the ban should continue for uh, more years, we, the government can't uh, be paying uh, a lot of money each year in year because they, some of the fishermen that they are getting used to receive a lot of money so they adapt their, the, the fishing way to because of this. So I think fisheries could be profitable. They are profitable uh, with the vaquita with vaquita safe uh, fishing gears. So they just don't have to be greedy and easily. I think that they can uh, receive a good amount of money to to survive and, and to live uh, really well in those fishing uh, communities. So uh, another thing I wanted to ask real quick is, uh, you, you know, we know that this is taxpayers' money that's being used. I wonder what the reaction of the taxpayers would be. One, do they know that their money is being used for a compensation program to to support fishermen in an area that they know nothing of? of a, they don't know what a vaquita is. Um, and if they knew that it was just money that was not being equally distributed, in other words, they're taking money from a taxpayer, it's being ill-used, not really benefiting the real purpose of it, what would be their response? Like, I, I mean, you think that somebody would be outraged. One, I don't want to be supporting somebody else. You need to find your money elsewhere. And then two, the money that you're taking, you're not even using it correctly. Exactly. I know that anyone that hears that, I mean... It, so yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, right? yeah, so I'm a taxpayer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're paying for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's why everybody has to know, and uh, it's okay. If people get angry because of this, because the money is not uh, being used in a good way. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> where do you go to from now that this this information is is available, 
and you're sharing with all these people, what, what are the next steps to kind of like uh, make a positive change as we move forward? Yeah, well, we're preparing a report. We're releasing a report with all this information uh, next week, just after the, the CIRBA uh, meeting, after the CIRBA uh, report. And we have some other pieces of information. For example, something that I, I, I forgot to add is that uh, when Profepa, uh, they caught some poachers, they, they just present these people to the, to the prosecutor. But uh, after that, these people can, can easily get out. They get uh, bailed or they stay at uh, jail for just a few hours. And this is ha- also happening because... Uh, the Profepa authorities, they have to file a formal suit uh, to the general prosecutor, to the federal prosecutor, so they can start uh, a research on what's going on. I mean, not only on the men that uh, was caught, but uh, only on all the, all the traffic in the, in the upper vault. So, so far, and we know because we requested this information, there is no uh, research that is covering all the upper gulf about the illegal Totrava uh, traffic. And Profepa actually just uh, filed one uh, formal suit uh, from 2012 to 2015. In, in these years, they only filed this, this suit. So this is also a problem because people is getting caught and they they get released, and the next day they go out to fish uh, illegally uh, uh, again. So if they know this could happen, and they only could be at jail just a few hours, so they are, they are not afraid, so, and they will continue to uh, fish illegally. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, I mean, it, as far as when you file a report like that, how long? We all know that legal systems, they take forever, so what does filing a report really mean? Uh, filing a, a, a suit. I mean, if they, yeah, if they filed a suit uh, since uh, the beginning of this administration, for example, uh, so far we will we'll have some uh, good uh, information. I mean, the government has could have some good information to uh, disassemble all the all the organized crime in the in the upper Gulf. So if, I know it could take time, but. Uh, it will take longer if they don't file anything. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to speak mm-hmm. with us. You've, you've contributed quite a bit to our, our film uh, thus far, and I hope that we obviously stay in communication. So um, thank you very much for um, you know, speaking with us today. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, and very glad to share this information. All right, that was our conversation with Alex Oliveira from the Center for Biological Diversity. As much as we hate presenting doom and gloom stories here on the podcast, Alex's findings are extremely important when considering a path forward for vaquita conservation efforts. The good news is that there is now a completely different branch of the Mexican government in charge of administering the compensation funds that were discussed in this episode, so we are hopeful that this program will be dramatically improved in the coming months. It is difficult to ignore Alex's discussion about the penalties associated with being caught fishing illegally for Tatuaba. As long as the penalty remains negligible and the reward for catching Tatuaba remains extremely high, fishermen will continue fishing for Tatuaba with gillnets, and the vaquita population will continue to decline. 
We talk a lot about the importance of good enforcement of Mexico's gillnet ban, but this enforcement is meaningless if the penalty remains insignificant. To learn more about Alex's important research related to vaquita conservation, you could head over to the show notes page for this episode, where we'll have links to his recent report and other vaquita-related work being done by the Center for Biological Diversity. Those show notes can be found at wildlensinc.org slash EOC70. This episode was produced by myself, your host, Matt Podolsky, along with Wild Lens producer Sean Bogle. Our theme music is by The Humidors. The Humidors.